on us here this morning, but I believe the Lord is wanting to talk to the church. Amen. He wants to talk to the sinner and wanting to talk to the saint. Amen and amen. If you will, turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 19. Read the Word of the Lord this morning. If you're able to stand here in the last few weeks, we've been going through the parables and the miracles of Jesus. We've talked about the storm steel, the devil's cast out. We've talked about those who have forgotten and he, where He fed the 5,000. The parable of the sower. Peter's confession of faith. True discipleship. How many know we need true discipleship? We spoke of God's unity and the cost of discipleship. We also mentioned here previously in the last few weeks the separating with Jesus with fire. Amen. He's going to separate in the last days with fire. This fire is upon us. Amen. Can you say amen in this place? Luke chapter 19. I want to read quite a few verses of Scripture beginning with verse 19. The Bible says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. He fared sumptuously every day. He did what he wanted, went where he wanted to, did what he wanted, spent all the money he needed to. He done those things. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. He was desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. But moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angel into the Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. Everyone's going to die. Amen. If we don't see the rapture first, every one of us is going to die. And they were buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes and being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in the bosom. It'd be a shame, Brother Mike, to live this life to know what heaven those songs we just sang about and one day wake up amen after we die open our eyes look into heaven and see loved ones praising God and he cried and he said Father Abraham have mercy on me said Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water cool my tongue for I am tormented in the flame but Abraham said son remember that thou in thy lifetime Receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there's this great gulf fixed, this world's in between me and you, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto them, They have Moses and the prophets. They have the Bible. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded Though one rose from the dead. Amen. There has been one that has risen from the dead for our sins. You may be seated in this house of the Lord. 
I want to read in verse 24 once more. Hallelujah for our title, our point of view. In verse 24, the Bible says, And he cried, and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus, that he may dip the tilt of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I want to preach from this thought this morning. What is in hell that you're waiting on? What is in hell that you're waiting on? Will you pray with me for me and for yourself here this morning? Dear Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to come here, God, and preach this good gospel, Lord. This gospel of faith, not only a gospel of faith, but of believing people, God, that we believe that the Word of God, hallelujah, that Lord, though it was written by man's hand, God, but it was ordained through the Holy Ghost, God. Oracles of God this morning. Moses and those prophets give us those words, God, that we can live by them. And Lord, you sent your Son not to abolish that law, but that through that you, Lord, that law may be fulfilled, God. But Lord, there's an anointing that needs in this house, God. I need your anointing this morning, Lord, to make this preaching effect of God will bring forth the word that you've given me through fasting, prayer, and in study, God. And I'll just give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise because we know I'm not able in Jesus' name. Amen. What is in hell that we're waiting on? The rich man says, I am tormented. In this flame, in this place of fire, in this place of torment, a place that the flame will not go out. I'm sure when Brother Luker cooks and grills all those uh, good meals that he cooks on his grill, that he has to stoke that fire. He has to go and he has to add charcoal or wood to it, Brother Mike. Because it will go out eventually, amen? If it's not looked at, it's not looked after, amen, a fire in our fireplace, it will go out. But the place called hell, it's real, church. This place is now existed. It is folks in hell. Somebody died just a few moments ago somewhere in this world, maybe close to us here Friday night. I don't know it. The individual, I'm not saying, I'm not here to judge him. I couldn't even name his name right now. But he was on a four-wheeler accident Friday night, about 1.30, out in it with his buddies, riding the trails down in Silas, right near my house. I get a warning on my phone. I see it come across social media that a young man at 1.30 in the morning is slung from his four-wheeler. He died, Amen. This day he woke up. He's in heaven or he's in hell. Amen. It's only one person that can judge that. We know that we are judged by our fruit. Amen. Our actions, our beliefs. Amen. We know that there is a place called heaven. We sing about heaven regularly. But hell is very few times mentioned. Amen. We don't like to mention hell 
Because hell is a place now that is normalized. You go to the grocery store, you go to a, a ball game, you go to the gas station, you go anywhere you go, you hear the word hell. It's now used as a slang terminology, a curse word. A word that people don't even turn their heads at. They just say that word and go about their business. This world has normalized hell. I mean, hell to be a place, a figment of an imagination. But hell is real, brother people. Hell is a place for the unbelieving. The Bible says the abominable, the adulterer, the liar, the backbiter. It is a place that people who do not serve God in sincerity and truth, they go to this place called hell. Amen. Some others say God wouldn't send anyone to hell. Amen. But I read from the book of Genesis all the way through Revelations where people died and woke up in hell. When they lived their own life, the Bible tells us that even Abraham, he, wrote, he raised his nephew up to know righteousness and holiness. Raised up in the tents of Abraham where they had camp meeting every day. Where that father, they, they led them in hymnals. They read those biblical verses. They, they had church. They had the light on the altar. Amen. They had that brazen altar burning every day. There was olive oil there to anoint. Amen. That priest could anoint them. But there was Lot that went and, and in his mind he, he heard the beat of the drums in Sodom. The Bible says that Abraham, though he begged for 50 righteous men, he went on down through the numbers. He got down to one. We know Lot escaped with his life. But what did it cost him? It cost him hell. Amen. Because his family was lost in Sodom. Can you say man? We begin to preach. We look. Since we were young and age, we hear very few times about this place called hell. We don't want to talk about hell because hell is not a good place. I mean, the Bible says there, there's a fire there that is never quenched. I mean, it's that when the hot flame gets too hot for you and you, it does not turn down. It's just kindled every day. How long does hell last? It lasts forever, Sister Annie. The fire flames never go out. It's somewhat unexpected. Sister Wanda, because the Bible says that flame never goes out, but you are in eternal darkness. There says a place that the worms don't ever get full of eating the flesh of people who went to hell. There's no block parties in hell. There's no butt light in hell. There's no cigarettes in hell. There's no skull in hell. There's no parties in hell. There's no fornication in hell. There's no hanging out with good friends and good times in this place called hell. I was told recently, Sister Ray, in a conversation, it was a nice conversation. Nobody got a rate. Nobody got offended that I know of. The man was kind of humorous. He come to me. I want you to hear me out. And we were explaining our beliefs. And he, he said, well, I'm Baptist. I want you to understand there's Baptists in hell today. There's Methodists in hell. There's Pentecostals in hell. There's adulterers in hell. But there's also church members in this place called hell. I'm trying to wake the church up because we need to understand that if there's not a heaven to gain, then there is a hell to shun. Come on. Say, man, rich 
people go to hell, but so does poor people. Black people go to hell. White people, they go to hell. Men, women, and children go to hell. How can a God, how can you say that, that a God would send somebody to hell? He's given us every way not to go to this place called hell. He's given us streets of gold. Sister Pickle, he says, I go away to prepare a mansion for you while we're hunting the mansions here, while we're trying to drive the best, while we want to eat what we want to eat, while we never push back the plate, while we go to church when we have nothing else to do. There is a place called hell. How can you say that, preacher? Because we've allowed hell to become a normal in our lives. There's a saying in today's times, those on social media may see it more than others, those that go to ball games and hang out in areas of, of this world, you may find that this saying very normal to you. Let's normalize this. Let's normalize that. But what we've understood or misunderstood that the whole time we're living our lives and doing whatever we want to do, Satan is normalizing hell in our life. That when we hear the Word, it doesn't even make us cringe. When we hear preaching on hell, we don't even bat an eye of the way we're living. Come on now. Yes, people go to hell. Preacher, I don't understand. Let me help you understand. The message of the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says this. We know these famous words. I didn't come to abolish the law, but through the law, but through me the law may be fulfilled. He didn't take when He born grace and mercy on that cross and say you just take what you want. You will take what you want and you remove it. Come on now. If it was up to us, we'd get in here some places and we'd tear out pages. Come on now where Jesus says oh for those who are foolish, there is a place in Matthew 5 He preaches for three chapters through chapter 7 and he says for the fool shall be in danger of hell fire if mama never told you about hell daddy never told you about hell let me tell you about hell this morning in Mark 9 and 45, he said, If thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It'd be better to thee if you entered into heaven in the life than having two feet to be cast into hell. Jesus talks about hell. We know Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He's a God of love, but he's still a God of righteousness and holiness and he cannot lie. It'd be better for us to be maimed. It'd be better for us to have a thorn in our side. I believe God's a healer. Do you understand? I believe he's a deliverer. But some of us would never stay saved unless we had some burden that we needed to bear. Can you say man? He says that fire, it shall never be quenched. Oh, when it gets too hot, Brother Luker, oh, the thermostat don't come down. Come on, do you hear me? When it gets unbearable and we have grind our teeth down to the bare nubs, he does not take any compassion. Oh now, it just burns eternally. Oh, when we could have just a, a sip of water, if it rained 
like it did this morning that kept so many people out of the southeastern area of the United States where it rained this morning. If those people in hell could have experienced that rain, it may have quenched the fire momentarily and give them a relief. Come on now. But a little bit of rain helps somebody from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. How shall we be saved without a preacher? Come on now. Somebody that'll tell us about heaven. Somebody that'll tell us that Jesus did not come. Come on now to condemn this world, but to save this world. Come on now. He speaks, he says, if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It's better to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into fire. I believe it would be good for sometimes, Brother Mike, to walk around blinded. Come on now, because our ear, they say when you lose one sense, one picks up. Come on, one increases. If we couldn't see that good, maybe church, we'd listen to the preacher a little more intensely. Talk about a place called Oh, and there's no beer in hell. There's no whiskey in hell. I'm on there's no nicotine in hell. There's no cursings in hell. There's no parties in hell. All is in hell is fire and a worm. The Bible says that dies not. When that worm eats and eats upon one part of your flesh, it just moves into another part of your flesh. Preacher, this is strange. This morning, I've never heard a message about hell. Sometimes we just need to be awoken because one day when you die, do you hear what I'm saying? Whether you are buried in the graveyard behind revival church or you're buried wherever, you may fall off in the ocean and your body's never to be found again. You may burn up in a house fire. Who knows? Come on now. They may never find this mortal clay. But I can tell you, you're going to wake up one day. The Bible says, oh, there is a point at once to all men to die then the judgment. You ain't going to meet the preacher. You ain't going to meet daddy. You ain't going to be saved by mama. Oh, you're going to meet Jesus. Do you hear me? You're going to cross a pond. That great white throne of judgment. Oh, it's not going to be a party. Come on now. Jesus is not turning the water into the wine. But he's binding up the sheep on one side. And the goat on the other. Oh, there is a hell. We've normalized it. We live in a society that don't talk about it. And use it as some slang terminology. A common annunciation in the English language now. It's not a noun. It's not a place. It's just an adjective in our English language. It's not a place. Come on now. Do you hear me? Oh, we've taken out hell. Hell's not in the Bible anymore. Oh, the devil is alive. He don't want you to think about hell. 
Because you may find out that that rich man, the Bible says he presumptuously lived every day. He walked by and he seen Lazarus. Now, I'm going to go a little bit in depth right here. Some people, theologians, philosophers believe this is a different Lazarus. I believe it's the same Lazarus that Jesus raised up from the dead. The same Lazarus that daddy was Simon the leper. I believe he's dealing with a generational curse. He's got something daddy had. He's got something mama had. Do you hear what I'm saying? A lot of times church, we're laying by the gate of the church. We got one foot in the door and one foot out the door because we're holding on something mama done to us. Something daddy done to us. Something a preacher done to us. But the Bible says he looked at that rich man. That rich man said, I got to get to the church. I got a deacon board meeting. Today it's building fun Sunday. I got to write my check out. I ain't got time for it. Oh, Lazarus said, I just want to eat some crumbs from the table. He's just wanting the bread. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? He knows that the life he's living ain't eternal. He knows that one day he's going to die. And the Bible says, Brother Mike, that the dogs come by. It licked his soul. Jesus never healed Lazarus from what? He was handed down from his father. Oh, some of us is dealing with things in our lives. And God's saying you carry it very well. But one day, if you look to the bread of life, you're going to be healed eternally. The Bible says this poor man, oh, he, he woke up and he's in Abraham's bosom. He wakes up and he's walking and his skin is healed. He has nothing wrong with him. The generational curse fell off when he walked out of mortality into immortality. Oh, he's not in pain anymore. He's not eating crumbs anymore. He's singing holy, holy is the Lamb of God. I'm talking about heaven. It's easy to shout when you're talking about heaven. But the Bible says in that same time, I believe it was in that same day that the rich man that wore the best of the best drove the best of the best. I'm not saying you can have stuff in this world, but if that stuff got you and the devil's got you, have no other gods before him. I feel a Holy Ghost in this place. And the Bible said he lifted up his eyes. Now this is where it gets crucial. Not only do you deal with an eternal, come on now, not Jesus just didn't say hell. He went explicit. He said hell fire. Not only are you dealing with hell fire, you're dealing with a worm that's never through eating on your carcass. I want you to understand what hell's all about. And those good timing buddies, the Bible says that all is heard is the weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. You are in eternal darkness. Have you ever been in a place that you can't find the light switch? You're in a room and you're feeling all over the wall, but you're in eternal darkness. Come on now. There's something even in the biggest grown man that gets a little worried when they're in dark. Do you hear me, Sister Wanda? The Bible says they're feeling around. They're weeping. They're gnashing of their teeth. They're grinding their old teeth down to nubs. You know what happens when their teeth get to nubs? It starts all over again because you're not dealing with a hundred years. You're not dealing with two hundred years. You're dealing with eternity. fit to hunt or fish or swim or shop or stay home and I have nothing else to do. Come on now, I'll look past this great world. Oh, come on now and I'll look to heaven. But at this time, he's looking. I want you to understand, Sister Ray, that he's seeing angels. Come on now. Angels is still ascending and descending on people's behalf. Come on now. He's saying, send angels down here. Talk to me. Help me. Let somebody relieve me of this misery. I've been grinding ten sets of teeth down. I'm miserable and it's only the second hour that I've been here. Do you hear what I'm saying? If I want to go back, I read my Bible. I cut off the TV. I wouldn't listen about that old garbage. But I turn on some good gospel singing that talked about heaven. Come on now. I want to talk to the preacher that did not tell me about hell. Let me tell you something. He's probably in solitary confinement down the way from your eternal confinement. Do you hear me? Those that parted, those at good time, and those that slept around and they weren't married, they're hearing a voice that's vaguely familiar, but it ain't a voice of enjoyment. It's a voice of weeping. Oh, why did somebody tell me about Hagar? Oh, when you tell them now. I see I see the same man I snickered at because he lived holy and righteous. Come on now, I'm snickering at that little holiness girl in the school system. Come on now, I wish I was just like her now. Come on now, because now I'm seeing her in heaven. I want you to understand, if you don't make heaven your home, I believe because it's in the Word of God. There is no enjoyment in hell, but because you have been sentenced to hell, you're going to be able to look up. He's not a respected person. I believe if the rich man could look up in the heaven, oh, while we hand in 
pain, singing hallelujah to the Lamb of Glory. We're singing songs, Brother Mike. Oh, he can tune up and he sound pretty good. But I want you to understand in this place, Sister Ray, oh, Brother Mike gonna sing songs the angels cannot sing. I hate to know Brother Philip looked up out of the pits of hell. Come on now. I told Brother Mike oh, about this place and somehow I backslid and entered into this place. I'd hate to know I sing my minister of music in the angelic choir of heaven singing amazing grace. How sweet the sound while I was in this place called Hey, it's just an adjective now. It's just something we use when there's nothing else to say. Come on. It's a place, it's a figment of an imagination of a backslider that God would never send me to hell. My grandpa was D.C. Heron, preached the gospel. No way God would send me to hell. Oh, but the beat of the drum, come on now, that draws us away from righteousness and holy. There's no grilling out in hell. Come on now. There's no clubs in hell. Oh, come on now. Now we use it as an adjective. It's a cuss word. It's something that we say freely. Come on now. Not a child of God, but the world. But now only, it's not an adjective, but it's a place. It's a place that people will go. There is no, I don't feel like going to church in hell. There's not one atheist in hell. There's not one person that does not believe this Bible in hell. Do you hear what I'm saying? Everybody in hell believes this Word of God. I don't believe the whole Bible. I can if I could get one of them on the phone right now. If I could put them on a screen in the church, they tell you from Genesis 1 until the Amen at the end of Revelation that every word be true and every man be a liar. I don't have to take it all. Preacher, I don't have to call. Come on now. I'll get saved next Sunday. There's no I'll get saved next Sunday's in hell. There's no I'll turn my life around next Sunday. Come on now. There's no I'm just using hell as a privileged word. The only thing you hear in hell is your friends thinking the same thing you're thinking. They're weeping because they thought holiness was stupid and foolish. And Jesus says, you call those things foolish. You call those people foolish. Oh, but there's hellfire to buy you. Weeping from the next sale in solitary confinement, Sister Annie. Oh, do you hear me? Won't you understand something about heaven? That's so much different than hell. Not only is it paradise in hell, not only is it that much different, but the Bible says when you're in heaven, you'll be known as you're known on earth. That means I'm going to know my daddy if he makes it. Come on now. But if he don't make it, there'll be no weeping and crying in heaven. 
But in hell, you'll be known as you know also. That young girl, that young boy, come on now, whatever the case may be, that liquor store owner, that party giver, come on now, they'll be right down the aisle away from you. You cannot have any fellowship with them. Come on now. There's no unity. There's only a voice you hear that is crying the same thing that you're crying. I wish I would have listened to the preacher. I wish I would have got in that altar. Oh, come on now. I pray. No, it ain't no praying. They're wishing. You know what wishing is? It's just the thought of our imagination. Can you hear what I'm saying right now? You can pray that by the end of this service, come on now, that God allows you to live long enough because somebody is dying right this second and going to hell. Do you hear me? Somebody died this morning on their way to hell. And the only way that you do not follow them is if you give Christ your life. He goes on and he says, man, I know we have good times. And this preacher ain't preaching something he don't know. Because if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. That's right. Amen. Let's say God. Let's say God. If it wasn't fun, we wouldn't have done it. Exactly right. Come on now. And I don't understand it. Maybe my daughter helped me this week with something. She said, I don't understand that. How some people get the opportunity to repent after they've done so weakly. I said, maybe I'm one of them. And others who've never hurt anybody, they just don't ever give their life to Jesus. They die. I don't understand how that wicked person gives their life to a forgiving, a God that's so loving. They've done everything under the sun. Somehow they got out by the old saying of their shirt tail. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying? I don't understand that. I can tell you something. Sister Kim, there was a, a back road that's not you, but just you and Caden sitting there reminded me of the story. Their preacher preaching. And he's preaching on the kingdom of God in a revival. There's a little shack across the road. These two drunkards come in. They sit down. They listen. They smell. They reek of alcohol. And I'll tell you, that's right where they need to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, it smells like weed. It smells like drugs. He smells like dope. Come on now. He smells like, oh, he's got all those worldly mannerisms. He's right where he needs to be. One of them hopped up after the service. He grabbed that revivalist by the hand. And he said, how far is it? To the kingdom of God. You know what he was saying? I'll get saved next week. I'll repent next time. They got up church over. The preacher said, I can't tell you. Only Father knows. Even Jesus says, I don't know. Even just the Father knows. I can tell you something today. For it is appointed once to all men to die. Yes. About 12 at 1 o'clock, that preacher gets a phone call and that house is on fire. The first call comes through, he thinks of the church. He runs down there regardless. He walks up and one of those, one of the two men was standing there. 
And the other one is over there in ashes, just a burnt carcass. You know the difference in what just happened to that man that burned up in his own home and the people in hell? That flame went out. That life died. But he woke up in hell. The man walked out of those ashes, that preacher, that everybody thought was foolish because he preached on the kingdom of God. He preached on hell. He preached fire and brimstone and people didn't understand why you had to live holy. Now come on now, people made fun and they mocked him. Brother Philip, you could be doing something else. You could make a lot more money, but you're preaching this. Why? And he steps out there about where that carcass is and he walks the back pew of that church. Oh, he walks back across that road. He puts his arm around that drunken buddy who still smells like the beer from the night before he still smells like the world. He still looks like the world. He never gave his life to Jesus. And he says, I can tell you, not the day that you're going to meet God, not when the kingdom of God's coming for you, but the kingdom of God come for your friend tonight. And I could not answer the question, but I want you to know it was 187 feet until eternity. Come on now, 10 billion people, how can I not make it? I'm a little, I'm a little to be like Brother Pickle. I'm the next 87-year-old gentleman. Oh, but people died today. And they went to hell. People woke up this morning, lifted their eyes, and they seen Aunt Bernice. They seen Grandpa, and they seen Granny. Singing hymns around the throne of God, giving glory and praise, and they woke up and they looked up there and they said, "Oh, can you just get Lazarus to dip his fingers?" Come on now, we live in a time everybody scared of everything. Nobody would have drank out of that preacher. We don't know where your hands been, but there's people in hell right now that would just love Brother Mike for that right there, just to sprinkle, to fall out of the sky. He said, you quench my thirst. He said, but you can't go there because there is a great gulf fixed. You know what he needed? He needed not a water from a human's hand. He needed the water of life. And he knew Lazarus had it. Oh, he didn't want to listen to Lazarus. Come on, he didn't want to listen to Lazarus. Lazarus stupid. God ain't even healed him. He's sick. He's on welfare. He's on fixed income. Why do I need to listen to you, preacher? Because there's a place called hell. Yeah, right. Hallelujah. Mama can't stop you. Daddy can't stop you. And a preacher can't put it on hold. Come on now, and you can't put salvation on the way away. It's been bought with a price today. Come on now, I felt it May 13, 2012. I've been preaching every week since six months after. Come on now, Brother Pippa, I added it up a while back. I got bored just wondering. I need a new Bible because I've written all the little sermon titles in it. I've written all over it. I come to find out I preached about 1,500 sermons. Come on now, including revivals and count meetings. But if I walk out that door today, come on now, and if I'm back swimming away from God, I'm going to wake up one day and die. I'm going to peer off in the heaven, and I'm going to see people that I've led to Jesus. Come on 
now and I want to see people that would have said, Preacher, thank you. Thank you for telling me about this place called hell. Come on now, don't let it be a place of a figment of the imagination of a preacher that just wants to scare you into heaven. No, I'm telling you, this is a place that's real. Hell's real. The Bible says in his own conceit, having desired everything, he walked every day in his own ways, but then he died and it woke up in hell. He wore the latest apparel. There's nothing wrong with looking nice, but he didn't care if it was modest or not. He just wanted to look like everybody else and he went to hell. God will understand. Come on now. I've seen or not, I want to look like the world looks. He went where he wanted to. But Lazarus laid in the gate, desiring the crumbs. He knew this world was not his home. And he knew that even if he lived to be 197 years old, it did not compare to eternity. There's a time, there's a place we're going to meet Jesus. We're going to have to tell Him. Come on now. When we kneel and we bow before Him because every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Come on now, but some of them's going to be on the outskirts of a gate. Come on now, Lazarus made it in that gate. Do you hear me? Woo! He lifted up his eyes. He couldn't look at his friends. He couldn't blame mama. He couldn't blame daddy. He couldn't blame the uncle that somehow, oh, filthy man touched me. He couldn't blame him. Come on now. He just loved that pill. He loved that drink. He loved that fornication. He loved that pornography. And he woke up and he died and he went to a place called hell. He looked at those who refused the light. I wish my folks would shut up about this Jesus. Come on now. I believe my, my daughter's got some of that sometimes. I wish it just... Does he preach all the time? Are you still on the clock, Daddy? I don't want them babies going to hell. Preacher, Daddy, do you always got to be a preacher? Where are you going, baby? When you're coming back, be careful. Don't do nothing you're not supposed to. Daddy, I'm a good girl. Today, baby, are you saved? Are you consecrated? Are you sanctified? The Bible says you've been judged by what you know. Don't you know a preacher's child got the greatest opportunity? Come on now, because they hear it not only an hour on Sunday, if they showed up. Come on now, Brother Pickle, that they hear that word. They see that word. Mama, don't give up preaching. Daddy, don't give up preaching. Not, not because there's a heaven, but because there is a hell. The worst night in an ambulance ride into an ER. The worst cancer patient. The worst bone marrow treatment. The worst trouble that you can have in your life does not compare. For one minute in hell. There's a great gulf between them. There's earth. The world tells me that hell 
is in the core of this earth. Scientists, just wonder if you make your way, brother mine, if you're able, you feel better. And I want you to understand, scientists says the hottest place on earth is in the core of the earth. We know a little bit, we pay attention in school when those volcanoes erupt. That lava, it pours down that hill, Sister Annie, it runs down. It burns out cities, it kills people, it burns up cars, it burns up houses. Don't you understand, it burns up people's dreams. They work for all their life. But then, after the mayhem, after the trouble, it's just, just ashes. The only thing between it and hell is hell never turns into ashes. It's just what it is, hell. And it never stops, it never quits, it never takes a vacation. It's just hell. I gotta ask you this morning, what is in hell that we're waiting on? There's no good time in hell. There's no I'll lay out this Sunday and not go to church. Hell. But every person there, whether it be millions of millions of millions by this time in God's world, there's not one atheist in hell. There's not one non-believer in hell. Oh, I wish you would hear me cry out this morning. There's not one non-believer in hell. There's not one person that said, I'm glad I sit back on God that Sunday in hell. One man wrote this week, I read it, he said, it's not worth a boyfriend. It's not worth a girlfriend. It's not worth a man, a woman, a child, a job, a car, vehicles, property. I can tell you something. You say, preacher, you had it pretty good. A Baptist preacher for a daddy, my grandpa, my mom's dad, homeless preacher. You had it good. You was raised this way, but I want you to know that one step away from that cross of Calvary, it don't matter who daddy is. It don't matter who grandpa is. It don't matter that every uncle and ain't I got can play and sing every instrument almost in the church house. It don't matter if I don't make heaven, there's a hell. Whew. My goodness, I feel this in my spirit. Come on now, it's hard preaching on this this morning, but I want somebody to know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And see, it don't matter if you was raised up in church. It don't matter what you do. Because my dad, he knew the Word better than anybody. Oh, you take a Southern Baptist preacher and there's nobody knows that Word greater than that Baptist preacher. They study that Word. They quote that Word. Sister Wanda, my daddy made one of the greatest Sunday school teachers I ever had in pastor. He taught those adults. He had 30 or 40 on Sunday morning because he knew that Word. But I can tell you there was a day that he met Jesus that because an uncle stole his inheritance from him. Come on now, do you hear me? An uncle, his dad's mom, his dad's sister around stole my daddy's inheritance. Thousands of acres of land. Come on now, but if he didn't forgive them and say, God, you know what? I'm going to live right anyway. Oh, because I read that story about Lazarus just one. 
Come on now, there could be creeks. It was river land, Brother Mike. 2,000 acres of river swamp. Come on now, my daddy could have dreamed about having a big lodge out there staring at that water every day. But he read about a man in hell that was unforgiving, that was a that cursed Come on now, he's just a good old boy, never done any wrong, but he just wants one sip of water. But God says there's no way, because if they won't listen to the prophets, they won't listen to an old preacher. All right, preacher, he's never done it wrong. I want you to know I've done everything wrong, but one day I've done something right. And I shunned hell. 